1: Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that teaches you how to survive the things that can kill you.
3: Like tornadoes, choking, Oof. sociopaths. Yes, yeah. And the things that just make you wish you were dead. Like unexpected giggles, Garen, mm. weird <laughs> arms. How about bad audiences? Oh, hell's yes. You know what might cheer us up? What? The theme song. Doot, 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 doot. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Chris and a very giggly Garen. Giggly Garen. Oh, giggly, giggly Garen. garden squirrel. That's, cute. That's uh, cute. Just imagine a
3: squirrel giggling. Oh, how cute would that be?
1: <laughs> I got a butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he'd say. Um, are you giggly because it's indictment day?
0: I don't. I just oh. came out of nowhere. It just hit me. Oh, okay. It Happy indictment, indictment day. Happy indictment day. In how are
3: you guys going to celebrate? <laughs> Well
0: bunker down? Yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen.
3: Yeah. Put, <laughs> put boards on your windows. Exactly. I think, we're, I think here in uh, Southern California we're pretty safe. I think so too. Um but watch out uh, Hermosa Beach. <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
3: <laughs> So how are you, Chris? Um I mean I'm happy about that. I um we've had a we've had a night. Okay. Um you know, I was very busy researching for this episode. I, I was up late, so I didn't get to draft the email to our principal about Benjamin getting punched in the face at <gasps> school. What? Was it Alex? <laughs> you know what? Surprisingly, it wasn't. That just that's at home. Um, oh no, what? Prince is like, you we should al- yourself. We also write the principal about that, but <laughs> they never do anything. Uh, we're like, can you please help us? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? Just, just someone? Send someone we're over? Just, we're just writing emails into the void. <laughs> what happened? Well, uh, he was playing basketball, and a student in his class who I won't mention by name, but let's just say there are constant issues with oh, okay. this student. Is, um, this is not a friend of his. Well, it's weird because he will say, like, we're friends, oh. you know, they they sometimes get along and okay. he'll sometimes say, he's my friend now, you know. Oh, okay. I think Benji often is trying to have a friendship with yeah. him because Benji wants to be friends with everyone.
1: Uh-huh.
3: And uh, he'll often say, oh, well, I'm the nicest Oh, when he'll they'll talk about other kids. They'll say like, "This one's the class clown. Uh-huh. This one is the one that's the flirt." Like, because I'll ask them. I'll say uh-huh. like, "Who's the one that gets in trouble?" Like, well, and that's Alex. this kid. <laughs> it's not actually Alex, but she's like the one that talks. You know, gets in trouble for talking the most. Okay, but this it. is the boy who gets in trouble. He's for, like, like, gets sent out of class oh, or gets shit. sent to the principal's office. It's this <gasps> is boy. this
1: the kid the Trump kid? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, speaking of a dime. Well, I right. mean, that's why he was Christ. mad. Okay. <laughs> For a second, I swear to God, I believed you. Okay,
3: so this is the kid who, during COVID times, Benji at one point had said, you know, we're, can you please put your mask on? We're supposed to wear a mask. And he called Benji a COVID freak. And he's also called COVID. COVID. He's also called Benjamin gay in a, as a slur. So he, a and li- he he also walks around and says, I'm homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish more people would be that open. Yeah, he's their... Kids are really honest. They're not like adults. <laughs> he's called Benji a liberal cuck. Yeah, he basically has. (laughs) He would if he had the um, language for it. Yeah. So apparently they were playing basketball and he got upset because he thought Benji tripped him, which Benji said, maybe he just tripped over my foot. Right. He didn't do it purposely. And he fist, like close fisted, punched him in the face. Jesus Christ. So I said, what? Well, did anyone see it? And he said, yeah, one of the yard guards saw it. Yeah. I think that's what they're called. Yard duty people. They're, volu- yeah. they're parent volunteers. Oh. No, they're parents who get paid. I don't know. They get paid? It's like nothing, but okay. you know, a little bit of milk money. carton. Yeah, they get a free chocolate milk uh-huh. and okay, a straw. Milk. Remember how good that chocolate milk was? Mm. I loved it. But the strawberry, ew. Oh, we didn't have strawberry. Just pour that down the drain. Yeah. He got sent to the office and he got a purple slip, whatever that means. <laughs> Your parent has to sign it. He goes, but mom, he just rips them up. He's always getting purple slips. Oh, right. So, Sven and I were like, "This isn't okay." No, because he was like, crying. He's like, like "I don't want to go back to school. I'm afraid oh, to go to school." Baby. Was it
1: like, does he have a bruise? It's or? a little swollen. It was in his cheek. Yeah.
3: Oh, this poor kid. And I said, "This will not stand." Of course, of course, we're gonna write the principal. Yeah, you know. So, so then the rest of the day, you know. He just had to be punched. And they didn't contact he you? He just sit with that punch. No, that's the thing I think is weird that it was like, I guess it's just okay to get punched. And their whole thing at the school is like, we don't tolerate bullies. Like, we're, that, we're, our whole thing is about anti-bullying. It's like they're, no, the kid should have been sent home and you should have been called and
1: told that your kid was punched in the face. That's what I think. Oh. You okay over me? Karen almost year? lost yeah,
3: phone his phone. Oh off, my gosh, I caught it. You got
1: to stop putting cocoa butter on the Ooh. back of your phone.
3: <laughs> it makes it so smooth. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: no. no, it's so soft. Uh,
3: Guys, let's talk about a personality. Okay,
1: are we getting into
3: our topic? Should we, or do we have other things we want to cover? Oh, I'm good. Garen? I got no covers. It Did was, anyone punch you in the face?
0: No. <clears throat> the weather last night when I was at a baseball game.
3: You were at a oh. baseball game?
0: Yeah, my friend asked me if I wanted to go to, you know, I'm playing a baseball, you want to come watch me play? I'm like, okay. And then on the way there, she just casually drops as a double header.
4: Oh. What does that mean? Uh, two two in, games a row. in a row.
0: Pass. This is the first time she's played in this team, by the way, and it's the finals. So, uh, okay. and it was as cold as it's ever been in California, as far as I am concerned. It was so cold. It was. Freezing. It was so windy. It was
1: really windy. Yeah, it
0: was. I was not happy.
1: Have you noticed that all of Garen's friends sound like, ooh, ooh.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. every single one of your friends sounds like judgy. that. And they're always <laughs> asking you to do stuff you don't want to do. Well, no. then he asked me to go to a concert for free, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> <You don't laughs> I guess. That. It's rude. <laughs> They set a limo. i gotta watch
0: up here. Like, whenever. Whenever.
3: <laughs> then they took me to this free thing at a spa, and they paid for everything. Oh, <laughs> cucumbers <laughs> on my eyes. <laughs> and they gave me a car, but I'm, god, I don't even drive. What am I going to do with this Mercedes?
0: <laughs> oh my god, it's like I've got triplets. that they're, It's everywhere. <laughs> Looking in two mirrors.
3: You know what? Maybe Garen has something called antisocial personality disorder. Oh, oh I think that's a definite. Is
1: also that what known
3: as... Sociopathy. Oh, sociopathy. (sighs) Yep, I'm gonna say it (laughs) every time. So, guys, yeah, I'm gonna talk about what it's like to survive a sociopath. Oh, nice. Because you know, a couple weeks ago we talked about serial killers, which we know you're not gonna encounter unless you're the president, Right. (laughs) right? Wasn't that the statistic? Am I getting this wrong? (laughs) For something like that, yes. You'll only get a
1: sociopath if
3: you become president. Exactly. Or if you are the president. If you are the president, you are a serial killer. Well, we have one that is a sociopath. Right. We had one that is a sociopath. But he's in handcuffs now. That's how I'm imagining him. 2024
0: is right around the corner.
3: Oh, jeez. Okay. (laughs) I thought it might be fun to actually cover a personality disorder of someone you're actually going to encounter in your life. Because sociopaths are very common. Okay. You know one. Yeah. You might uh, be married to one. You might have a parent who's one. Uh-huh. You might be dating one. Your boss might be one. Oof. Um, or have been one. But at some point in your life, you're very likely to encounter someone who's a sociopath, also known as antisocial, anti-social personality disorder. Okay? Okay. So they use these terms. Antisocial personality disorder is used as an umbrella term to cover sociopaths and psychopaths, good luck teasing out these two terms because some people in the mental health community believe they're interchangeable. Oh. Some people say they're very distinct. Some people say they kind of overlap. So... Yeah, we talked about it with the serial killer, and I believe you said that a psychopath doesn't know right from wrong, or, or... Here's... I don't remember. Here's what, as far as the research I did, and... There are going to be p- mental health professionals who say that's not right, uh-huh. know, or this is what I think. What I can glean is the sociopath has maybe a little more of a conscience and often aren't violent. Okay. Psychopaths are more unhinged and tend to be the ones who kill. Got it. However, a lot of the other research I read was like, said that, you know, sociopaths are in prison and sociopaths become violent. So, okay. You could argue there aren't many differences between the two. For this purpose of this conversation, we're going to focus on sociopaths and uh, talk about their characteristics, what they're like, how to know if you're encountering one and how to be safe from one. This is exciting because now I can roll a duck through my head about who fits these uh, descriptions. You can think about all your exes, your bosses, uh, you know, just try to figure out who they are and make a list. It is a chronic mental health condition, meaning uh, people aren't going to be cured. Okay, ah. it's not going away. Okay, there is some evidence that uh, it can lessen with age. Huh. People can become milder in their. Can grow out of your sociopathy a little, but okay. then I also came across a study that showed that elderly people was with with uh, the sociopath tendencies were just as bad. Oh. So you know, whenever you see some information know that there's always a study out there that's like actually we just found these old Hmm. people beating their wives it's characterized by manipulation exploiting other people and exhibiting criminal behavior i'm going to give you some following traits that's that are common among sociopaths you're going to recognize some of these and be like oh i'm thinking of someone right now superficial charm everyone seems to like them Lack of remorse. They don't feel guilty when they've done something wrong. Lack of empathy. They don't care when someone else is hurt. Propensity to lie. They do it casually like it's nothing. Incapacity for love. Those closest to them realize something is missing. Egocentric. They light up when they're the center of attention. Delusions of grandeur. They often perceive themselves as superior to others. Okay. Um, I mean, for me, I was like, oh, that's Trump. But there's also people in my life, I thought, like, I have a boss, a former boss who I'm like, oh, he was definitely a sociopath. Okay. The cause is unknown. Ugh. So it's not seen as being genetic. They can't point to, you know, environmental factors necessarily. Um, but there are some things that I will uh, give you that might point to some hints. Okay. Here are some fun stats. As much as three 06 percent of adults in the United States, that's about 7.6 million people, have antisocial personality disorder. How? What percent? 3.76? 3.6. Oh, oh 3.6. Okay. It's, that's not nothing. It's, it's pretty common. I read somewhere else that it was like 1 in 30 people. Jesus. Now, don't hold me to that because I don't know if that's exactly accurate but I read that in a couple places the disorder is known to affect men more than women so I think it's three times as many men as women okay there's another thing I read somewhere they get everything
1: they do they do (laughs) we only make 70 cents on the Mm -hmm. on the on the uh, sociopathy Uh, their dollar yeah they get all the good stuff
3: (laughs) according to research by David Corton who's uh, doesn't say where he's from but just some dude he's some fancy man (laughs) He's a fancy man. some little fancy man. And
1: he wears one of those old-fashioned bands with the mirror on it, like old-fashioned <laughs> yes, doctors. Yep.
3: Why did they do that? Were they just trying to scare people? Like, what was what it? They, what was that mirror for? To see inside of your soul?
0: I'm going to guess it reflected the light.
3: Right. But I don't but know. But what okay. light? <laughs> Maybe we'll find out and what did we learn today? A high percentage of people who are CEOs of high-ranking companies of or businesses ah. exhibit symptoms of antisocial personality disorder. Okay. Oh, that makes them successful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because no
3: conscious, conscience and they can just keep going forward, greed. Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes. Was, uh, I did a search on um, the like, most famous sociopaths uh-huh. and she's on all the lists. Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. Um, I mean, that's great yeah. information. That, Good that makes for sense. her. Good for her. So it's not
1: all men. Right. Did you watch Succession this week? I did. Okay. So I'm just thinking they could all kind of form into that. uh, Absolutely. I mean, the
3: dad for sure. Yeah. Um, Shiv for sure, I think. And then a lot of, yeah, the kids are, you know, exhibiting a lot of those traits. Yeah. Um, And I think the assistant now at this point. (laughs) Yeah, the assistant. Which is one of my favorite scenes. I put in the newsletter, which you guys haven't seen yet because I just released it from last week. A fun um, article where the actress who plays the assistant. You mean the girlfriend slash assistant? Yes. Talks about how she prepared Uh for that episode. To to do the news. Yeah, by watching um, footage of uh, Laura Ingraham. Uh Uh-huh. Sort of how Laura Ingraham, uh, when the camera, between sort of takes... How awful she treats people when the cameras aren't rolling. Oh, they have footage of that. I guess, yeah. And this and ta- Tammy Laren—is that how you say her name? Ugh. Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. And how the two of them are sort of when they're on the news, uh-huh. and then when the cameras aren't rolling, and how awful they are. And she also revealed, which I think this is so interesting, how the writers and the creators of Succession will often use real things of the actors into the show. Like what? Just personality stuff and, oh, 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 and physical oh. stuff. Okay. Not to be mean to them, but just yeah, to sort yeah, of yeah. make it more real. And yeah. so she said for a couple days she was actually worried about her arms. She was like, how are my <laughs> arms? Because they That's funny. took that sort of idea of like. It's just your arms. Your arms are weird. <laughs> um, I'm
1: a little sad. We're not going to see more of her. Fucking up the news, though. Well,
3: maybe. Who knows? But I'm glad we're going to see hopefully more of her, because that line about, like, if I find out that focus group wasn't real, (laughs) I'll tear you apart like a piece of human string cheese. Yeah, that was great. I was just... That was great. That was...
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Cousin Greg. Cousin Greg.
3: And he's just like, "Uh, Uh, uh... By the way,
1: I think I'm forgetting his name. McFadden? The guy who plays Tom? Matthew McFadden. Oh, my God. He's, like, just an amazing actor right he's like fantastic so I mean just that scene where he's like has to pivot yes and he's Uh, uh, he's uh. like getting oh that's what he wants from me that's what the boss uh, what the fuck is Roy what's his first name Logan Logan that's what Logan wants from me he wants me and he just pivots Oh my God! It's Every so scene good. feels
3: like a master class. of writing and acting. I know when it's you watch crazy. just the when, when when Logan comes in and he closes the uh, yeah, the laptop the laptop really quick and she's like we'll just play it <laughs> oh, yeah and he's like I think it's broken <laughs> god, I'm just like inside I'm going oh God <laughs> it was so oh, god. Oh, god. <gasps> oh, god. I think it's... it's broken why don't you do it <laughs> you have it set up. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous anyway Fisher anyway. Stevens Fisher Stevens yeah. yeah he's really coming into his own
1: <laughs> 40 years later hey you know he's what he's just famous for like short circuit being married to Michelle Pfeiffer right is is that right
3: he was married to Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. that is just mind blowing yeah. I, I didn't make that up right I don't think so no, that's, I mean I, I just remembered he had the brother who was like a teen idol right oh I have no idea his brother's the other Stevens, the hot one. I don't know who that is. I can't think of a... Look up Look up his brother. Parker Stevens? Oh, it's, that's Parker Stevenson. His brother was really... My, I mean, he might still be alive, but was like one of the Hardy Boys. Yeah, that's Parker Stevenson. Wait, I'm getting my mind blown. Hold on. Doesn't he
1: have a hot brother? I don't think so. I think you may, maybe made that up.
0: He dated Michelle Pfeiffer from ninety two.
1: Oh, they didn't get married. Okay. I don't think he has Still, though, she had sex with him for three years. I mean. <laughs> and, and didn't he play like an Indian guy in Short Circuit? <laughs> mm-hmm. Isn't that what he's sort of famous for? Does he for have it? a brother?
0: No. I no, think you're
1: thinking of Parker Stevenson. How did I think those two were related? Because you. Because I was a child. I also think it's Laura Ingraham. <laughs> I get a lot of things it's wrong. It's just Laura Ingram.
0: No, it is Laura Ingraham. <laughs>
1: They pronounce it Ingraham.
0: It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah.
1: I beg pardon. I always heard it as Laura Ingraham.
0: It's the same thing because every time I watch it, I'm like, why is who is Laura Ingram, extra syllable ham? Whatever. I
1: thought I was just pronounced Laura Ingraham.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's Laura Ingraham. Like it's,
3: Birmingham. It's not Laura Ingraham Wilder. Who's Laura <laughs> <laughs> from from Little House yeah, on the not The same person. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. She
1: does call a, a Trump paw. <laughs> oh, God, I, uh, I don't
0: hate a lot of people, and I hate her. Who,
1: Laura Ingraham? Yeah,
3: <sighs> I can't believe it's Ingraham. Oh, how about that? Uh, 60 Minutes did a profile. Oh, of, fuck, fuck, fuck you, Leslie Stahl Oh, I know, right? Did yeah. you see the clip? I can't even watch the clip. It don't makes me watch mad. the clip.
1: It's it it infuriated me. The it fact, it fact that they're just legitimizing yeah. Yeah. anyway. Yeah. All right, we're gonna Nar,
4: talk about. I'm just
1: gonna tell you this part. This is yeah. all I'm gonna because this is all I saw. She says, Le- Leslie Stall says to um marjorie taylor Mar- green yeah mtg um do you really think that the democratic party are pedophiles and she says i do i think they're groomers and <laughs> and um wow. pedophiles treat children as sex uh, they sexualize children and drag queen he it was stupid it didn't make any sense so this is leslie stahl's reaction <sighs> wow That's your fucking follow up. You don't have any facts. You don't want to like press her like how that's absolutely insane. You're just going to roll your eyes and say, wow, that's not a fucking interviewer. Like I was so infuriated. I was like, I I can't. It's irresponsible to run it. It's irresponsible to not to just say, wow, and not have any like, well, can you point like I was thinking like if it were Jon Stewart. Yeah. Oh, really? Can you point me to any um, statistics that back up anything you're saying? Let's see some proof. Let's see some proof.
0: God, could you imagine John Stewart? In the I know.
1: America? I was so, it would, I got, it would never happen. I got really would... excited thinking about it. I was oh, like, oh my God, God, that would be
3: brilliant. She is a sociopath. Yeah. Um, and it's not like the kind of illness where you go, oh, well, it's not their fault because their dad didn't love them. Right. Do you know what I mean? Even though, okay, here to we this go. Next point people yeah. with antisocial personality disorder are more likely than others to have experienced some form of child abuse, mm. but not always. Um, but again, This doesn't, correlation does not equal causation. Right. That doesn't mean there are lots of people who have been victims of child abuse, they don't become sociopaths. It doesn't mean this causes, Ah. it just means there's a correlation there. Okay. Antisocial personality disorder may be one of the most misunderstood mental disorders because it's also often undiagnosed and untreated. According to a recent special report by Donald Black, M.D. in Psychiatric News, he referred to it as psychiatry's forgotten disorder. He said few clinicians diagnose or treat it. I think it's because Mm. (laughs) they don't often seek treatment. Right. Why would they? They don't think there's anything wrong with them. Uh, They think they're fine. You know, think about someone like if we if we just use Donald Trump as an example. Okay, so a lot of. Uh, medical health mental health professionals in the in uh, you know I've seen this online do think he has NPD, which is narcissistic personality disorder. Uh-huh. I I'm gonna get into that in a minute. Uh or or has is a sociopath, has uh-huh. exhibits a lot of traits. Um I'm only using his him as an example because he's so recognizable and yeah. many of us know a lot about and, him. And his his symptoms are so exaggerated. <laughs> right. Does he seem like a person who's going to seek treatment for right? No, of course not. He thinks he's perfect. Um, So often, though, those types of people might seek treatment for another disorder like depression, anxiety, ADHD. And then a clinician may sort of tease out by spending time with that person. Oh, have you ever thought about this? However, there's very little that can be done because there isn't really a... There's no, there's no medicine, medication, that's, there's, no, yeah. there's no treatment that's uh, been seen to be very effective. However, there's um, emerging research that shows that um, treatment of impulsivity in early adolescence can help prevent later development of antisocial personality disorder. So there's some research showing that if you catch it when they're young,
2: you, can. you can
3: treat the impulsivity that's coming out in in the young age, okay. you might be able to stop it from developing into a full blown anti person antisocial okay. personality disorder. So that's a that's some hope for yeah. for parents. Okay. I wanna talk a little bit about narcissists versus sociopaths because there's some confusion and they're similar and people might be dealing with one of those in their relationships or sure. in their personal life. So they can both be charismatic, uh-huh. intelligent, charming, successful as well as unreliable, controlling, selfish, disingenuous, and dishonest, they both lack empathy and emotional responsiveness. Okay. Sociopaths qualify as narcissists, but not all narcissists are sociopaths. Right. The main distinction is that sociopaths are more cunning and manipulative because their ego isn't always at stake. So narcissists are like, I need to be liked, I need to be liked, like Uh me. They're so fragile, right? Yes. Um... They really need you to like them. Okay. They really need, need, need the praise and attention, whereas sociopaths can take on any persona that suits them. They're harder to spot because they're not trying to impress you or win your approval, unless it serves their agenda. Huh. Like,
1: well, I'm just thinking about Trump again, because he clearly needs to be liked,
3: but also likes to enrage people to hate him. But it's hard to know which one, because sociopaths can... Present as narcissists, and, but it's you don't really know how much they care. It seems like he does care a lot. He seems he's, very fragile. He's very fragile. So I would, if I had to choose, I would probably say narcissist. Yeah. But I'm also not a mental health professional. Right. Um, I just dabble in my spare time. Sure. <laughs> Severe narcissistic personality disorder resembles antisocial personality disorder. And this is what the um, researchers say. The, dif- the differences are irrelevant. Okay. If you're being abused by one of these types, get help. Okay, Don't be concerned with a diagnosis. <laughs> don't worry. You don't need to know to just right. get away. It says heal yourself from trauma or PTSD and codependency. Whether you're thinking of staying or leaving the relationship, neither will be easy. Because it's really difficult to get out of these kinds of relationships. Yeah. And you really have to be careful. And you really have to get help, like seek support, focus on gaining awareness, protecting yourself and getting help and support. We're going to put some um, resources in the newsletter. Um, This is not an easy thing to do. I have some rules on dealing with a sociopath that I got from a book called The Sociopath Next Door. A woman named Martha Stout wrote this book. Uh, She's a Ph.D., these are these sound a little bit more like if they're in your if they're in your personal uh-huh. life. The sociopaths yeah. in the pers- in your personal right. life. Right. Number one, accept that some people truly have no conscience. Wow, that's isn't that terrifying? It's it, it really is. But this is the truth about a sociopath. They don't have a
1: conscience. See, this is why I have problems watching. I think I've said this before, but when I watch movies where someone murders someone, mm-hmm. like not a not like a classic bad guy, right? But just like someone got into a bad situation and they murder someone and I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God, they're going to have to live with that for the rest of their lives. How are they going to deal with that? And not realizing like some people don't have that conscience and could just live with
3: it. They do not care. Right. Um, it's time to recognize you were being abused and violated. Don't make excuses or accepting excuses for their bad behaviors. We often put our own feelings onto other people's behaviors. Right. But these people do not feel the way we do. Like, They don't feel. Sure. So you can't put your stuff on them. Right. And and number two, go with your instincts or intuitions versus the implied role this person has taken on. They are excellent communicators. Don't believe them. They're very good at lying. They're very good at manipulating. And you have to keep reminding yourself of that. This third one, it's a little... I'm not even sure if I agree with this. Give three strikes. First offense, look oh. at the claims, responsibilities, and promises made or implied and address any inconsistencies. Do not sweep them under the rug. Second, of, oh, was it a simple mistake or recklessness? Second offense or neglect of responsibility, consider if you're placing yourself in physical, emotional, or financial risk. By third strike, cut your losses. I mean, I don't know. What was the first thing? I guess it depends. Yeah, I it think d- that's I, what they're saying. Yeah, because anyone
1: can be an asshole one day. Yeah. Not, not, not I'm not talking about physical right. abuse, I think, one strike. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I mean, I can't say for me. I've never been in that situation. Right. I'm assuming that I, I think that's a good rule of thumb. Yeah.
3: like First yeah. time someone hits you, that's it. That's yeah. the last time. Well, I'd say to Benjamin, you got yeah. punched in the face. That, that guy's that's not it. your friend anymore. You don't get to be friends with this person. Yeah. Let's go to number four. Okay. Don't, be suspicious of those who don't want you to question them. Oh, good one. You know, if somebody's like, hey, I'm the one who makes the rules around here. Don't ask me questions about the rat poison in your coffee. Right. Then, you know, that's a red flag. Yes. There's a lot of red flags in this. Right. Don't confuse fear with respect. Know what respect means to you and teach others how you want to be treated. By the way, abusive individuals are not very teachable. Uh, Interesting. Okay, Don't try to redeem them. Don't try to get even. It only prolongs involvement and delays your recovery. You're not going to get even with this person. Right. You're not going to get judgment or you know justice. You Your goal is to just get away and get healthy. Um, this is why it's good to not live in isolation. They seek those who are isolated, insecure, and vulnerable. So make sure you're part of a caring community. Don't right. let them cut off your resources. Yeah, don't go live in a yurt. And None. then find the one guy and
1: then, you know, fall in love with him.
3: Yeah. Look at Keith Raniere, how good he was in uh, like the the yeah. cult leader at getting people to cut off all their other sources of support. That's, yeah. So that they were only listening to his voice. Right. Enlist support from family and friends, human resources, an attorney, therapist and or the police. Join a support group such as Aftermath, Surviving Psychopathy, Psychopath Free, etc. We'll put those links in the.
1: Psychopath Free is yeah. one of the names of the...
3: Yeah, it's a it's a support group. <laughs> it's hard to say. It is it is hard to say. Psychopath f- Free. Psychopath Free. Document, document, document. Ah. Put this... Because oftentimes, psychopaths are well-liked. Sociopaths, psychopaths, yeah. uh, narcissists. They're very well-liked in the community. Right. And so when the person is like, this person's doing this to me, they're like, really? Are you sure you guys just aren't a good fit? Like They don't right. know what's happening to the... Person being abused because the person being abused isn't believed yeah. because they come across so well to the community. Yeah. Okay, never agree to help him conceal his true character. He will tell you not to tell anyone, but don't keep his secrets. Share Good. your experience; it can help. Not it can help others not to fall victim and can help you find purpose. 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 Okay. What if you work with a sociopath? Guess what the first tip is: quit. <laughs> uh, HR. I think that would be good if you could. But the first one is actually remain calm. Oh. Yo. Oh. <laughs> and strong. Okay. Keep your guard up. Resist temptation to talk it out or change the person. Uh-huh. They're not motivated by love, but power. Uh-huh. So don't give them your power. Put up your guard. Okay. If you show real emotions, that makes you a target. Because they'll see you as someone who can be easily yep. manipulated. Right. Yep. Be skeptical be skeptical. So be skeptical. Always be skeptical. Skeptical about anything the person tells you. They're really skilled at pushing people's buttons to get a rise out of them. So try to not give them any information that makes you vulnerable. Okay. Keep conversations neutral, okay? Don't let them do all the talking. You take you speak up too. And you take the conversation where you want it to go. Okay. So that way you can keep it in comfortable territory. Don't give the person to ca- uh, the chance to catch you off guard with some kind of barb because they'll use it to, like, get digs in. Uh-huh. You know what I say? Just always talk about the weather.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Weather is always safe. How's the weather up there, you fucking asshole? <laughs> <How's> that? <laughs> That's perfect. I wonder what the weather would look like
3: with your head inside your ass. I love it. Are you a sociopath now? I might be in training. Never share personal information, okay? So they will try to get your bank statements and look at your account. Uh, they will try to get into your email. They'll try to get your personal stuff. If And, and so the, here's what you do. If they want money from you, make it sound like you don't have any money. Uh-huh. If they want power, make it seem like you aren't well connected. Mm -hmm. If they want to use you, make yourself less less desirable. Okay, done, done. (laughs) Do it every day. (laughs) Um, Check and check. uh, Don't talk about things that make you happy or upset. Like you don't just don't give them anything. You don't give them fuel. Don't give them fuel. Exactly. Don't give them any kindling. (laughs) Uh, Don't accept gifts. Don't accept help from them. Uh, just don't give them anything to right. use against you. Like, if, ew, oh, if you're going to, like, try to get a different job, because that might be a good idea. Yeah. Don't even let them know you're looking. Oh, no. Because they'll try to they'll under, sabotage they'll it. They'll try to sabotage. Document all the harassment.
1: I'm just laughing because as you're saying all this, all I can think about is succession and how if you went in there with, like, a person who was like, this is how
3: you should deal with a sociopath. They're, all of them are looking at each other like, Well, we're all sociopaths. They are are all sociopaths. I mean, that whole show is just one sociopath hurting another sociopath. It is really just a perfect example of how sociopaths operate. So I have a story. It's interesting because there were so many stories about sociopaths I wanted to cover, but the stories were all so already well-known that I was like, you know what? Ellen. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, everybody knows about Ellen. But Elizabeth Holmes uh-huh. and Bernie Madoff yep. and the guy um, Bill, uh, Billy McFarland from um, Firefest—oh, oh, yeah—these like yeah, yeah, are yeah, all yeah, sort yeah. of really well-covered um, sociopaths. And and also, it's like it would take me two hours to tell the story. Right. So what I found instead, which I think is really interesting, is a New York Times Modern Love called "He Married a Sociopath Ooh. Me." Oh, oh, you go twist. Exactly. And it's a woman. Okay. So I'm going to share this with you. And uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. My husband was trying to tell me I was the only one for him. Don't lie to a liar, I said. It wasn't a very romantic reply, I'll admit. But I'm not a romantic. I'm a sociopath. Holy shit. My husband knows this, of course. As for me, I knew as early as age seven that I wasn't like other children. I didn't care about things the way others did. I was a girl, my male-sounding name, Patrick, is short for Patricia, who mostly Uh, felt... No, it's not, by the way. I know. (laughs) But I actually don't know if... Maybe it's pronounced Patrice. It's P-A-T-R-I-C. Maybe it's pronounced Graham. (laughs) (laughs) I was a girl who mostly felt nothing. Jesus. It wasn't until college that a therapist told me what I had long suspected. My lack of emotion and empathy are all hallmarks of sociopathy. Sociopathy. A few years later, doctors would confirm my diagnosis. Oh, my God. Human beings aren't, diagnosed to, aren't designed to function without access to emotion, so we sociopaths often become destructive in order to feel things. I used to break into houses or steal cars for the adrenaline rush oh, of knowing wow. I was somewhere I wasn't allowed to be, just to feel, period. It didn't take long for me to realize this was not an effective life strategy, Rather than risk incarceration, or worse, I used my my diagnosis to fuel my pursuit of a PhD in psychology. Like many, I gained my first understanding of sociopaths from pop culture, which portrays us as singularly dangerous and threatening, our flat emotional state and lack of remorse, making us unfit for normal life. It wasn't until I began my research in graduate school that I learned sociopaths exist along a wide spectrum, like many people with psychiatric disorders. You'll find us everywhere in daily life as your colleagues, neighbors, friends, and sometimes members of your own family. My husband and I dated in high school and found each other again after college. You would think my insincerity, emotional poverty, absence of shame and guilt, and reduced empathic response wouldn't exactly land me in the dream girl category. Perhaps he and I had grown up together Perhaps because he and I had grown up together and he was already familiar with my bad side, he remained in denial for years about my having any sort of real psychological problem. Nevertheless, 13 years later, we're still in love and happily married. But am I the only one for him? Definitely not. My husband had developed a crush on a female colleague at work. It was obvious and I understood why. She was everything I'm not. Thoughtful, kind, compassionate. I doubt she ever attempted to choke anyone, unlike me.
1: Wait! Whoa! Whoa! That that took a turn. I
3: thought she just had a flat affect. I didn't know if she was like choking people. Okay, she buried the lead. She was socially appropriate at parties, appreciated compliments and affection. Her charm was authentic, and her darkness, if she had any, relatable. Unlike mine, it made sense he would like her. They would make a great pair. So why wouldn't he just admit it? He knew I didn't make. He knew I didn't take things personally. That's one of the perks of being married to a sociopath. I don't get jealous. He knew that if he were to tell me he liked her, I would listen and relate without reaction. I might even end up helping him shed some of his Catholic school guilt. All he had to do was be honest. Okay. When you're a sociopath in a marriage, especially one with children, honesty is critical, even more, I would argue, than for people in normal relationships. As a sociopath, I had difficulty prioritizing telling the truth. But as a wife and a mother, I forced myself to learn. Outside of my family, my loyalty to the truth is what has enabled me to connect with other people. As a doctor who specializes in the research of sociopathy, sociopathy, oh my God, I'll never get it right. It's fine. It's I prize credibility and integrity as my greatest asset. My husband was never thrilled to hear that I had spent the day in a stranger's house without that person's knowledge <laughs> or committed other misdeeds. But his real anger was reserved for the fact that I never felt guilty about these things. For my husband, guilt is a driving force. His Uh formative years were shaped by his overbearing and infirm mother. And then he married someone who seemed immune to it. He wanted to know, why did I never care what anyone thought? Why was my behavior never limited by guilt? What a pair we are. Certainly, there have been setbacks. He isn't always patient. I'm not always on my best behavior. And on those occasions, I leave a token on his desk to let him know when I've been up to no good. Ooh. Minor mischief, <laughs> like sneaking embarrassing items into a line cutter's grocery cart. The token I leave is an innocuous trinket, a Statue of Liberty figurine from a keychain. else ear. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else who saw it wouldn't think twice, but he knows what it means. Believe it or not. I could appreciate the cause of his dishonesty. On good days, I was almost entertained by it. His clumsy white lies were like a toddler's and nearly as endearing. On those days, I wanted to hug him for being so cute. You see what you're doing, I wanted to say. You're not being honest about your feelings for her. You're lying. Now, how is this any different from what I used to do? And just like that, he would have gotten a lesson in empathy, from a sociopath, no less. (laughs) And we would have laughed and understood each other better and gone back to sharing everything. At least I'd like to think so. My husband, after all, was the one who said we must be honest without exception, and he was the one who insisted I confess to every single thing, every single time. Uh. So why wasn't he playing by the same rules? On On bad days, these were the thoughts that dominated when I couldn't help but wonder, is this what fear feels like? I think it was. My husband was lying to me, gaslighting me, sneaking, acting like a sociopath. And isn't that how we sociopaths are defined, as liars without the ability to empathize? On such days, I saw what it must be like to be married to someone like me, and the irony is almost shimmering. Still, I couldn't help but smile thinking of the future, of the days when we would be able to joke about the time we almost split up because he started acting like a sociopath, and that in doing so, my husband was finally able to teach me the one thing I have been trying to learn all of my life, empathy. Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! That is so crazy. Isn't that crazy?
1: Because I'm trying to wrap my head around she doesn't have a lot of emotions, but she still wants to be
3: married and feels like she's in love and she's a parent. Yeah. Learning and and a mother and just trying to sort of function in a normal life. Because I think like all um, mental disorders, illnesses, it exists on a continuum. Right. So
1: obviously some point, some part of her wants those things. Yeah. Wow, that was crazy! Crazy stories. Oh, the trinkets. I know. Oh, that is <laughs> the trinkets. I did something wrong. Stretch yeah, of Liberty.
3: <laughs> it's wild, right? Here's a toe. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
3: well, that was a good story. Thank you. They didn't break up, right? Is that what I? No. And didn't... and this story is actually I I cut some of it out. Okay. So if anybody wants to read the entire piece, which is is really good, um, I'll post it in our newsletter. Well, that sounds good. I will. I'm going to read the whole thing. I hope so. All right. And we'll be right back after this. Yay.
2: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome back to How to Survive. Christine, how was your break?
3: It was very interesting.
1: <laughs> I was with you the whole time. I know. I don't even know why I asked you. That maybe I'm a sociopath because I was pretending as if we hadn't just been together the whole time.
3: You might be. I might be a little I don't... bit. Think you fit all the characteristics, though. You are quite charming. I was going to say, do I fit any of the characteristics? <laughs> I think
0: I've, I'm clear. I don't what? think I fit any of those characteristics. I, no, you're in the clear. No, no, I think I'm we're not charismatic. You're in the clear. I'm not successful. Yeah, I'm not.
3: I don't. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think any of is, us are successful enough. What if you're a poor
1: <laughs> sociopath?
3: That's mm, got to be frustrating. You're failing. <laughs>
1: you're failing. Yeah, an unsuccessful sociopath. Yeah. Well, for the first half of the show, we talked about how to survive a sociopath. And now, for this half of the show, we're going to talk about how to survive a rude audience member, which is almost the same thing.
3: Yeah. You've got to be a sociopath to be rude. With our
1: special guest, um, you know him from Star Trek and Babylon 5, and from being my dad, Walter Koenig. Hello, Walter.
4: Hi. Hi. I didn't know that my daughter was charming. That's really interesting.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, only, only to Chris. Only to Chris. Ah, Not anyone else. I think the audience finds you very charming.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Thanks a lot.
3: Good. Well, all
4: right. I
1: got something from you. What do you want? I got something from you.
4: You got something from me? Yeah, I'm charming. Ah, ah. Good. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I knew I had something to offer, I just wasn't (laughs) sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, how are you today?
4: I'm okay. I'm I'm a little. harassed or harried, as I am almost every day. Why are you harried? Well, today was just, uh, I got everything together. I got my earplugs in. Uh, I got my glasses. I got my keys to the car. I got the keys to the house. But the phone isn't on the hook. And I'm running all over the house. I've got to be there on time. I cannot disappoint my daughter. <laughs> and come two minutes late. Where the freak You can swear on this. It's okay. Yeah. It was in my pocket.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, an an entire... Phone. Phone. Not a cell phone. An entire home phone was in your pocket. (laughs) 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 And you don't have... So
4: I I figure that the worst has already happened.
1: Oh, okay. That's the worst that could happen today?
4: Yeah. So all this is going to be great.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. This is easy. Correct me if I'm wrong. You have no ass. So the phone in your pocket... I would think, would weigh down your pants quite a
4: lot. Well, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, to not have an ass. I'm
1: not <laughs> saying it is. I'm just saying it's true, isn't it? I
4: feel your I, it's in my side. You know, it's in the front. It's in the front pocket? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: what? I can't even... You've got some big pockets in your jeans, or do they just have holes? Oh, a whole man. That's a hole. Oh. oh. Okay. That's okay. Just put it over your ears. It's my
4: slide. It's my skinny... My skinhead. Okay.
1: (laughs) He doesn't mean he has a racist with him. He means that he uh, (laughs) doesn't have a lot of hair up top. Um, Okay. So what is this crazy story?
4: Okay. um, We have to go back in time a little bit. Before you were born, before your brother was born. Before I was, before I, no, I, I think Judy and I were married by then. In any case, I was with one theater company called Theater East, and that was great. It was a, a lab where you tried out, you did scenes, and mm-hmm. you were critiqued by the, the other members of the, of the group, but I wanted to be showcased. I wanted people to, to know that I'm out there, not just the, not members of the, of, the, of the company. So I heard about this theater called Company of Angels. Okay, yes and uh, they were on Wearing uh, off of Vine in Hollywood and I went down there to see if I could uh, exact a uh, an audition to, to get into the company and I ran into the director um, a chap named Vince Spaghetta, who ended up doing a couple of series uh, leads in series in any case he was directing a play called Blood Wedding by Garcia Lorca and uh, and he was, he was he was a great guy. Um, very, very passionate. Very Italian. And uh, he, <laughs> he said... He wh- used his hands a lot? Yeah, he used his hands. Yeah. Because well, he was Italian. I'm just saying yeah, he gestured yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, don't don't catalog him a <laughs> You're the one who said he was Italian and very, <laughs> so he Look, said to me, I
1: got from his name Vince Baguetta that he was Italian. You're the one who had to point out that he was Italian, which I'm sure when I was a kid I probably well, thought but, his name was.
4: You know, you could tell from the spaghetti that he was. Right, people. right, right, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, marinara on his So shop. he said,
4: well, uh, I'm directing this play and we need an actor to play the Greek chorus in the play. Um, and the Greek chorus being the people who um, do the exposition, you know, who tell the story while right. the actors act out the relationships and et cetera. The, these, are the, these are the folks. It's, it's an old tradition. I think it goes back to the Greeks, you know.
1: I, I would think it would. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so there are three members of the Greek chorus. They, okay. ha- they have none. So he said, we could, uh, we could make it two and you could do one with a mask and one without. Okay. And I thought that was a great challenge. I said, "I've never, I've never done that before." So I went to my wife, Judy, and I said, "I need a mask." Uh huh. So she cre- she was an artist, and she created this uh, mask that weighed about six ounces. You know. Uh huh. And I emphasized the weight because that is that helps at- me atone for what I did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now let me just I'm just going to interrupt here to say that my mom uh, was also an actor but she also was a costume designer and and you know she just had literally everything in her garage that you possibly needed so I'm guessing to make this mask she just reached into the garage and pulled out 25 different things and made it for you she probably didn't even have to buy anything
4: no no she didn't buy it
1: no I'm saying she probably didn't even have to buy anything to make it she probably had all the ingredients there okay
4: so she made this wonderful mask, and uh, so my deal was: I was supposed to come out on stage in the in the beginning. I'm a woodcutter. we well, were supposed to be three woodcutters, but it's just one. But I'm I'm doing dialogue for two for two mm-hmm. characters. Okay, and um, and although my daughter's going to fall on the floor when I tell her that it was a dance. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't th- think I can dance at all.
1: I've never said that. Wait, you have to tell the story quickly. Interrupt your own story to tell the story about being at Neighborhood Playhouse
4: and, Oh, and your oh, dance okay. teacher. Okay, Martha Graham, who is a uh, modern dance, and every everybody in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s knew her. She was this extraordinary modern dance teacher. And uh, we had this thing... Uh, where, and she, she came in and taught a class. at the so,
1: Neighborhood, neighborhood Playhouse is an acting school mm-hmm. in New York.
4: Right. It's a Navy, it's an acting school in New York. And so, I would, we all thought to come across the floor. And it was a thing where you stand up straight and you walk and you move with a certain dispatch and grace. And, um. The first time, I, the very first time I did it, she said, "Mr. Koenig, you look like an aging Hebraic student."
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
4: Well, I never stood up straight. That's the problem, you know.
1: Because you were so tall, and you were embarrassed yeah, yeah, of because, your height.
4: Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that was a, because I was so tall, and that's why you're so tall. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly, exactly.
4: So, in any case, um, so I had to come. come so, I, so I had to do this whole dancing where I. Where I came in, and I—it's at night, and I'm carrying a torch, a lit torch. Oh, I got a—I got to reverse gears. Okay. For just a second. <laughs> um, before the show started, I did something that you're, as an actor, you're never supposed to do. So, all of you folks out there who are thinking of becoming <laughs> actors, write this down. You don't make contact with the audience before the show. Oh. Yeah,
1: Man. you don't want to blow the reality.
4: Yeah, and you don't want to hear things that you don't want to hear. Oh, that, oh okay. That are going to piss you <laughs> yeah, off sure. when, when, when <laughs> you're on the stage. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: I had a different reason
4: for it, but okay. So uh, I hear these young people, 18, 20 years old, saying, "Do we want to see this? I don't know. What the hell is this? And they're <sighs> trying to make up their mind. Bear in mind, this is, this is in, in, the, in the age of the fishbowl. When well, we didn't charge admission, we had a fishbowl. Oh. And people just dropped money in if they were so inclined. Mm-hmm. But that also gives them the sense that how good can this be right. <laughs> we can get in for free? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, so there's a total lack of respect that goes on. Well, not a total lack. Some people are, are good. In any case, so I light the candle. And I go into this whole thing, and I come out, and my hands are so graceful, and my feet are just perfect. <laughs> And with my lit candle, the audience is literally three or four feet from me, literally, and I hear <gasps> somebody in the audience is trying to blow out my freaking candle. Now I heard you talking about psychopath before before uh, I yep. came on. That's where you get it, baby. That's where you got it from because I went nuts. I stopped the show, (laughs) and I screamed at the audience. I said, this is not a movie theater. These are real human beings acting. Now, you either respect that, or you get the hell out. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And there's dead silence, you know, dead silence. And I'm looking around. So what do I do? I walk off stage, (laughs) relight my candle, (laughs) and come back out, and I finish. (laughs) But I'm so humiliated. Oh! I know how unprofessional this is. How terrible! How upset I would be if I was in the audience. So I finish my scene and leave. And Vince comes back afterwards. Oh, as we're getting ready for the curtain call, and he says, "Okay, everybody, get ready for the curtain call." <laughs> he's That's ge- the he's, Italian He's gestor- gesturing <laughs> his hand.
1: Yeah. He, took, he took the fettuccine off of his shoulders. <laughs> and, yeah.
4: and I say, Vince, I can't go out there. I can't go out there. He says, oh, you gotta, you gotta.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're not on video.
4: <laughs> so I say, okay. Yeah, I deserve. I deserve what I'm going to get. Uh, I was incredibly unprofessional. Totally lost it. And I should be booed. So I wait <laughs> oh. for my entrance. <laughs> I come out and the place erupts in applause. Oh. Erupts in applause. I can't freaking believe it. <laughs> you you notice you notice I keep using freaking because I'm trying to obey uh, You me- don't have to. Oh. I can't and believe
1: it. <laughs> 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 Thank you for cleaning it up.
4: Uh yeah, it's amazing. It never occurred to me that there would be people in the audience who would think this was a pretty gutsy thing and, and, the, and the guy in the audience should be chastised for his abominable behavior. So um, so that's my story, <laughs> except that uh, after it's all over and everybody has left, I come out and I'm standing there in the audience, I'm standing there on the stage looking out at the audience, reprising what I had done and mm. feeling really really bad and I hear a voice somebody behind me saying what do you do nights?" Nice- oh Jesus I forgot the most important part oh. the most important part is when I screamed. I took my paper mache mask oh. and I flung it oh. <laughs> into the audience <laughs>
1: wait a second did you fling it at the guy who was or you didn't know who? Was? I didn't know who it yeah. was I
4: just flung it <laughs> And uh, so I'm standing there <laughs> looking at the empty theater and thinking that well, I'll probably never work. I'll probably never work again because this is so obscene what I did.
1: And was mom in the audience when this no, happened? No, not
4: that night. Okay. No.
1: So did you tell her what happened?
4: Oh, yeah, I told her, and I was properly reprimanded. Uh, uh, by inexcusable psychopathic behavior.
1: <laughs> Just to be clear, I wasn't calling you a psychopath. Yeah. I wasn't calling myself a psychopath.
4: Are oh, you were calling me a psychopath? No,
1: I wasn't. Oh, I'm saying oh. just to be clear, I wasn't calling you a psychopath. Oh,
4: but you know, I take it, I take uh, credit for everything.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, then maybe you are. <laughs> your, your, your successes as well. Thank you. Um, so, did you ever have any other similar, you know, act outs or tantrums on stage or on the set or anything?
4: I got fired. I got. Oh fired. yeah. I got fired from a movie of the week. Uh, it was a movie of the week with Mia Farrow. Ooh. John was um, um, Oh, the, the fellow who played Mark Twain. Uh,
1: who played Mark Twain? Yeah. I don't know Hal who Hal played. Holberg.
4: One man show for years. He was oh,
1: straight... Hal Holbrook? Hal Holbrook. Oh, he played. Yes, you're right. Thank you. Yes.
4: And... Uh, yeah, that was an interesting experience. <coughs> it was uh, uh, Mia Farrow was the lead, and these th- three guys are part of her life. Mm-hmm. One guy is a boyfriend. One is a somebody she con- consults with. And in any case, the part of the agent was a good part. And I and I would I, after reading the script, uh, Jack Sure was the one that recommended. Uh-huh. They looked at film. I did an. And Alfred Hitchcock, where well, I did a lead, but it it was a totally different role. It was not, I mean, it was a gangster. It was a, a, a hoodlum. But
1: Yeah, uh, you were a 28-year-old hoodlum. Yeah.
4: Right. Yeah, well, those were the years that I worked. When I, I, was no, I
1: know, I know.
4: <laughs> so, um, so they looked at this, and then they offered me, after having done the lead opposite James Kahn in the Alfred Hitchcock they offered me the chicken delight delivery boy. Mhm. I wasn't pleased cuz you had
1: read for the agent or that's what you were hoping yeah, to be yes, put up for okay. Yeah.
4: And uh I told Jack he was the producer and he also recommended me for for the, for for the role of the agent. I said Jack it's really thank you so much for standing up for me but this isn't for me. Yeah. I don't want to do this. So he talked me into it. You know, uh-huh. the, the one thing you do is you, you appeal to somebody's ego, particularly an actor's ego. Mm. You know, they, we really would like you for this. Right. Well, if you really like me, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: it
4: must not be as bad as I think it
1: is.
4: <laughs> it was worse than I thought it was. In any case, they put me in the white uniform with a little white cap. Mm-hmm. And everybody would come by and say, can I have a breast? Can I have a thigh? <laughs>
1: well, while you're not filming. You mean just off yeah, be- off script. Be- off camera yeah, right yeah, right. They yeah. think mm-hmm. they're big It just
4: it just impo- compounds my misery. Mm-hmm, I just get mm-hmm. feeling worse and worse and worse. But they told me the reason why I couldn't play the agent was because they had somebody like George Hamilton in mind. Okay. And I I'm sure most of your listeners know who George Hamilton is, but he's quite tall. <laughs> He always had a cravat, you know. Always had
1: a
3: tan. Always had a tan. He played a vampire, right? Yes, he did. Love at first bite. Love at first bite. That's how I know him. Okay,
4: yeah. Yeah. A lot more sophisticated roles. And certainly, there's no way that I could be considered for the same role that George Hamilton was. So I I think that's what finally allowed me to accept the chicken delight guy, because I know that I couldn't be George Hamilton. But they hadn't cast that role like a week into, this, into the film. And then we're out shooting the last scene, an exterior, where my character drives up in the chicken delight truck uh-huh. and delivers the chicken. So, you know, it was an earlier scene, but we were shooting it last. I'm sitting, and the whole time we shot the, the, the show, I sat by myself. Mm. I didn't. I didn't want to cause a tantrum. You know, I didn't want to cause I don't want to mm-hmm. be that guy. So I just sat by myself. The affair. I was into a whole thing with uh, therapy by means of screaming. You oh, know?
1: really? Yeah. Primal yeah. screaming. Primal oh, screaming. wow.
4: Yeah, and she invited everybody to primal <laughs> scream with her. It was very, very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Except me. I said, forget it.
1: But, but that's what, sa- you're you're sa- what you're good at. You're good at screaming. You're good at screaming.
4: Yeah, but I've already done that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I've done that in blood wedding. So, um, so I sat in my dressing room whenever they screamed. Um, so I'm sitting there by myself. Uh, we're eating lunch outside, uh, we're getting ready to shoot this last scene, and I'm sitting by myself, and I said, you know, I've got to grow up. I've got to be more like a, a mature actor and, right. mm-hmm. and handle this in a uh, in a more respectful manner. So I got up from where I was sitting by myself, and I sat down with everybody else. Uh-huh. You know? mm-hmm. Hey, Walter's joined the group. He's seen the error of his ways. You know? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Jack comes out, my my buddy, my 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 friend, and says, "We got the actor to play the agent." Now, m- bear in mind, it was um, oh God, that, see that's what happens. Um, Apocalypse Now, Martin Sheen. Sheen. Yeah, we got Martin oh. Sheen. Oh, Martin Sheen was a working actor, mm-hmm. but he wasn't the movie star at that point.
1: And is your height?
4: But he's my height and yeah. my <laughs> physical size. Yes. And I see, I hear that, and again, I'm going. You know, I'm. My rocket ship is out of control, Mm -hmm. and we're plunging into uh, some very heavily populated municipality (laughs) where everybody is going to be destroyed by the explosion I cause. So I don't. I don't explode. Okay. I just stand there, and the rector comes up to me and says, okay, Walter, now you're going to drive, and he looks in my face, and I'm just staring at him. Uh Uh-huh. And he sees the look, and it must have been really terrifying because he said, okay, you're done. And that was it. I was fired on the spot.
1: But wait a second. You weren't fired. They kept you in the
4: movie, right? I was in the movie. I just didn't wasn't in the long shot of driving up. Oh, is that fired? I think so. I mean, I didn't.
1: He wanted you, you got off less the set. You got less screen yeah, time. He, want, he wanted yeah. you off the set. Yeah, and,
4: and the word went out that I would never work at CBS again. Oh, no. Yeah, wow. but you know what I did? <clears throat> I wrote him a note, mm-hmm. a handwritten note in my almost, almost illegible handwriting. And I said, uh, I can't remember his name, though he was a very hot director. He was working a lot. I said, this is not an excuse. It's not an apology. It's an explanation. And I said, I just came off a TV series mm-hmm. where I was a regular. You know.
1: Oh but this was after Star Trek.: yeah, this was after
4: Star oh. Trek Oh I said um, I really didn't want to take this role and I expl- ex- I explained that to my good friend Jack, uh, but he he said we can work we can write some stuff in and we make it more dimensional. Yeah and we did. instead of just delivering chicken, I also handed up uh, my credit list, you know uh, as an actor. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so that you know, so here, here's, 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 your, here's your thigh, and by the way, I just appeared, and you know, this kind of thing. So I thought that was going to reconcile the whole situation and make me feel more comfortable. But anyway, that's what I wrote, and uh, he accepted it. Mm-hmm. And literally, about two or three months later, I was I was working at CBS. Oh,
1: that's good. Wow. You get a lot of second chances.
3: <laughs>
1: but I get it. I get the I get the jealousy and the frustration. I totally get it. I I'm and being on set and then they say it's Martin Sheen. I can understand why you would have reacted that way. That would have been completely relatable. Infuriating. Yes, I totally get it. I mean he you are the same type. Yeah. Like you are the exact same type. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Okay, well, Dad, I can't thank you enough for being here.
4: Yeah? Those are yeah. very good stories. Those were
1: great stories. I know you have more, so we'll have you come on another time.
4: Oh, yeah. I've got I've got good stories, too.
1: <laughs> 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 but the show is about humiliating stories. that's, oh, what, that's I, what it
4: is. Yeah, this, this episode. I,
1: no, no our show.
4: Oh, the whole show? Basically every the show episode. Is called, the show you know is why I called, don't listen to it? Because I can't tell the difference between who's talking.
1: I know. You told me that. But that wouldn't really preclude you from enjoying the show, even if you didn't know who was talking. No, it would. It would? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm
4: very nepotistic. And,
1: I see. So. Okay. Well, in any case, the premise I have a podcast, Dad, and the premise of the podcast is how to survive. Yes. So the second half we have someone on and they tell us how they survived a story and so the story is usually humiliating or or silly or embarrassing or so that's so you you got it right on the okay uh, nailed it right on the head well we will be right back with what did we learn today come right back
0: one two three four those are numbers but you already knew that if you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car use kelly blue book my wallet on auto trader they're really good at numbers (laughs) auto trader. Chris? Yes.
1: Are you ready to learn what we learned today? I am. Okay. Some experts see sociopaths as hot-headed. They act without thinking how others will be affected. Psychopaths are more cold-hearted and calculating. They carefully plot their moves and use aggression in a planned-out way to get what they want. Ah, we were talking about the disc um, that doctors use, old-timey doctors used to wear. The disc is known as a head mirror. Mm Mm-hmm and it helps whoa
0: yeah good luck <laughs>
1: otolaryngologists which are ent's Yes. Oh, no wonder they went to ent's holy ghost visualize, visualize very various body cavities of interest you have a body cavity of interest don't you chris uh, so many to use the device the medical professional swings the mirror down over one eye peering through the center hole oh i didn't remember that part a light source is then shown on the mirror's concave surface, reflecting and illuminating the dark hole in question. Essentially, the cavity can be visualized without having the light source obstructing the doctor's view. But they don't seem to use it anymore. That's
0: interesting. I don't think we've ever seen it used.
1: I've only ever seen yes. it on top of someone's yeah, head in a, just, a yes. skit yes. or something. I yeah. don't know if it was ever a real thing. <laughs> like a medicine it ball. Now they have cameras Yeah. Now they have to cameras. go
3: down into your throat. That's they right. don't need to use that big mirror yeah. light head thing.
1: Oh, the doctor took out one of my tubes yesterday. He's like, oh, it's already out. I'll just grab it. Fucking painful as hell. I had no idea what was Where was, was the tube? In my ear. Oh,
3: not like a fallopian tube. <laughs> oh, no.
1: he, he, it was a fallopian tube, but he took it out through my ear. Because <laughs> you know why? Less scarring.
3: Yes. Prettier for bathing suits. you got to wear bikinis. Yeah. <laughs> Till um. the day, the last day on earth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, if you're being harmed by a narcissist or sociopath, get help. It doesn't matter which one it is. Your safety and mental his- mental health are at risk. Don't keep their secrets. Talk about your experiences. The Mia Farrow... Oh, this is great. The Mia Farrow Hal Holbrook film that my dad was talking about was called Goodbye Raggedy Ann, about a Hollywood writer who tries to talk a dejected actress out of suicide. I feel like Mia Farrow was probably born to play that role. Yep. Yes. Primal scream therapy is a psychotherapy in which the patient recalls and reenacts a particularly disturbing past experience, usually occurring early in life, and expresses normally, oh, and expresses normally repressed anger or frustration, especially through spontaneous and unrestrained screams, hysteria, or violence. Pass. Well, it also just seems like a weird thing to be doing on the set.
3: With like others? With others. It seems yeah. like
1: it's supposed to be a private thing, Mia.
3: Hey, guys. I know we're at our paid jobs right now, but I'm going to tell you about the time <laughs> I was four and um, was left alone without parental supervision. Under the stairs. You know, like, it's weird. A it's a really weird, weird. weird thing to do with people you are on a professional set with.
1: Do you think she adopted so many children just to have people, people to, to scream, scream with, screen <laughs> sessions with?
0: She needs to harmonize.
1: She harmonizes. That's yeah. a lovely way to look at it.
3: <laughs> I think there's a lot to unpack with me <laughs> on a different is. podcast yes. that yes. we could do that would be like 12 <laughs> the, episodes and yes, that I have and no we, interest. We doing. wouldn't even scratch the surface. <laughs> no. Someone else is probably going to do that podcast and maybe I'll listen to it. Hey,
4: do
3: you guys want to thank some of our Patreons? I do. Do you think we should call them Patreons or Patrons? Patrons? I, I, guess, guess, the, patrons. I guess the site calls them Patrons, right? Okay. Thanks, Patrons. For Seek shelter members, we give a shout out. This is the $10 level and with that you also get an extra episode every
1: month and you get bonus material from the existing episodes mm-hmm. and you get the newsletter
3: and discounts discounts yeah sometimes you get prizes yes prizes prizes first off jim k nice and simple keeping yep. it short thanks jim thanks for keeping things simple for us and thanks for joining the party We got another J name coming up.
1: (laughs) Are you about to? I I was gonna say, are you about to introduce
3: Barracuda? What's going on? (laughs) I'm. You know what? I think when I was a kid, I always dreamed of being a DJ. Sure. Did you guys record yourselves into a, a tape recorder and pretend to be DJs? No, not a DJ,
1: but my, I think I told you my brother and I would do radio shows. Yeah. Scripted
3: shows. Oh, you scripted
1: yes. yours? Oh, yes. This was like podcasts.
3: You guys were much more professional than me and my friend that we would just pretend to be DJs and record it on a tape recorder.
1: We weren't. I may have done that with my friends now that yeah. I think about it.
3: Welcome to KFPK. We're going to play some Prince. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. Janine. Oh, Janine. I'm going to get this wrong. <laughs> E-N-T otolaryngology <laughs> no jocums jocums it's j-o-c-h-e-m-s how would you guys pronounce J-O-C-H-O-M-S? that j-o-c-h-o-m-s e-m-s it could be joke 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 jo jocums jo- jo- i have it could no be idea jo- it's not Jochums. nobody's gonna say that jocomo <laughs> so i have no, no idea. idea it's <laughs> jocomo ja- <laughs> yeah we it's, know, we were just making a joke. We know it's not Giacomo. <laughs>
1: it's
3: jo- I'm going to go with Jocums. Okay. No, Jocoms. Jokums is fun because then Jocum she's got joke in her like, name. Yeah, sounds like a comedy you know club. What? I like her little picture is a really pretty tortoise shell kitty cat. Aww. All right. Next up, we've got Sandra Meads. Thanks, Sandra. Thanks, Sandra, for joining us. Thanks for having a really easy to pronounce name, unlike Janine. Yeah. With her cat. I mean, it's no Jim K, but it's still pretty good. But keeping it simple for us, Sandra. Next up, we've got Rachel Jones. Wow. Another simple one. I know. Thanks, Rachel. We like it. We like it easy. Uh oh. Whoa. (laughs) What? Kate. Kate. Kate, you're doing a real number on me here. Kate Say Kate. Sismakiewicz? Sim. Sim. Wait, there's a Z. There's <laughs> an S and a Z together. Oh. Sim. It's either Simkiewicz or Zimkiewicz. I mean, it's also. Is it Andy Zickiewicz from NYPD Blue? It might be. Okay. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kate Andy. Thanks, Sipowitz. Thanks, Sipowitz. Kate Zimskiewicz. You can really sh- just yell at me for getting that so many ways of wrong. All of you, we're so thankful yes, for thank supporting so us and the, the work we're doing and to help keep Garen in um garden squirrel sweatshirts mm-hmm.
1: yeah and speaking of that we will soon be switching to a different platform for our merchandise but we are in the process of it so have patience with us yeah we're
3: doing our best it just takes a little while to get artwork the right size and yeah. make sure we also want to get samples of the merchandise right. because we want to make sure it's really high quality right we don't want you guys ordering stuff and then you get it and you're like what is this garbage yeah we want the best for you guys. Yeah, that's right. Because we like you. Yeah, we're not garbage
1: squirrel.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, well. well, are we? Maybe <laughs> a little <bit. laughs> Maybe we are. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remain calm. calm.